Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I'm bringing you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Delia Dante, who is a, gosh, large, uh, well, really makes sculptures and and things out of metal and enamel of all sizes. but she has really been exploring this work of, of making large enameled pieces um, and welding and TIG welding tin. So um, I'm sorry, TIG welding copper. Um, so yeah, really, really fun time getting to know uh, more about Delia's uh, background and her journey into making the art that she makes now. And then what she has on the horizon that she hopes to maybe get to explore a little bit more. Uh, Before we hop on into the interview with Delia, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom, Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued ongoing support, helping me to produce two episodes a week every week. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you certainly can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution and whatever tier you choose gets you added to the list that I read off and think at the start of every episode. All right, with no further ado, here is Delia Dante. Well, since you have listened, you know, the very first part is I ask my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Uh, yes, um, I'm Delia Dante, and I am an official artist. I couldn't, you know, for a long time, I couldn't actually call myself that. So it's kind of exciting to actually introduce myself as an artist. <laughs> and I like that word maker. Um, uh, so I, you know, I fell in love with enameling is what happened. And um, so I was kind of late in life coming to it. And uh, that, that medium of glass enamel absolutely changed mm-hmm. my life in an instant. Um, I just couldn't, uh, couldn't do enough of it. And so, uh, it, it put me on a path of that is this great winding, uh, why in the road path that it just has led me to where I am today. I own a beautiful gallery in downtown Boise and I lovingly, um, <clears throat> called it Dealey Dante gallery. Of course, why wouldn't you, <laughs> if you're going to, you're going to have a gallery you should definitely call it a dream. But I started as Fire Fusion Studio because um, I was a teacher uh, for a mm-hmm. long time. I taught junior high school art uh, in public for 12 years. And so uh, when I started the business, I doesn't, I, I really didn't, um, I still probably didn't have a ton of confidence in my ability to make money as an artist. So I went for the route of Fire Fusion Studio um, and more of a a teaching facility and just to sell some of my work there and take commission work. So I've done a lot of commission work, but the enameling just, um, it's just so beautiful. And I just uh, honestly could not get enough. And because it was so beautiful and flat panels and small Mm -hmm. artifacts, 
were beautiful in themselves. I was like, well, gosh, why isn't anybody doing this stuff big? Mm -hmm. um, and it needs to be big. And, and I am a very small person and don't like to be missed, as, you know. <laughs> One, um, so I'm like I need to teach myself how to TIG weld so that I can uh, weld copper and then I can enamel these beautiful um, colors to the metal. And so, um, yeah, that has changed my whole world in life. And um, I think I've taught over 3,000 people enameling in Boise now, mm -hmm. and I probably am about 300 in welding. So that's a big mission of mine is to um, I was given a gift. And I'd like to share it uh, with, with my community and, and especially women, because uh, mm -hmm. I certainly wasn't encouraged to be uh, a welder or an artist in yeah. Boise, Idaho. <laughs> so, so now look at me now. Oh my God, I'm 50 and I have my own <laughs> gallery and, uh, you know, I get to share it with my four-year-old daughter. So that's, Amazing. that's who I am. That's what I like about. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I have a lovely woman that work for me and get to give them jobs. So that's pretty cool. That is. Yeah. So you are in Idaho, which is usually what happens is when I tell people I'm from Iowa, they go, oh, the yeah. potato state. And I say, no, 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 no. That's Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Idaho. And, and we did, we get confused with you guys all the time. And I think they've made t-shirts about it. Iowa, yes. Idaho. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how excited people were even about saying that they're from Idaho. I mean, nobody knew Idaho and I've lived here for 40, 44 years, I believe, or somewhere right in there. And uh, you weren't exactly proud, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it's not like you're like, yeah, I, 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 on my bio, it's always said I'm from formerly from San Francisco, you know, you're like, <laughs> maybe that'll get me more sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, uh, doing the math, if you're 50 and you've lived in Idaho about 44 years, that means you pretty much grew up there. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty Not much. a native, but pretty damn close. Yeah. What, uh, what was your childhood like? What were you interested in as a kid? Um, well, you know, I had an interesting childhood, I'd have to say. I mean, I did say I was from San Francisco. My, my mom was 16 and my uh, my non-bio dad was 18 and, you know, we lived in a bus and uh, for a bit of that and, you know, real hippies, you know, mm -hmm. vegetarian hippies a little bit later on the vegetarian, probably when I was five or six, but um, very alternative lifestyle, not going to lie. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, hate Ashbury, my gay uncle um, and his wonderful parties in the city. <laughs> uh, you know, that was my lifestyle and uh, that drug scenario and parties and being like, that's a hippie kid. Um, mm -hmm. That was my upbringing. But what I remember most is that I, I really did like to um, make stuff. I was always wanting to make things. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked working with my hands. Wasn't necessarily particularly good at anything. I just always had to be coloring or um, weaving. I liked, you know, just, just different materials. I was always very curious about that sort of thing. And so, um, and you know, dolls, of course, and dress up mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, but that, so when my parents moved me to Idaho from this really different, you know, Bay Area lifestyle of being mm -hmm. free and seeing all this stuff, then moving to Idaho, it was kind of like a culture shock. It was mm -hmm. like a fish out of water. We moved to Middleton, Idaho, <laughs> which back then had one road through it and pig farmers and 
you know, I just, it, it was such a shock to me. Um, I was pretty, I just, I just wasn't in my element there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, try to embrace things as a kid. But really, the first one of the first memories I have of going down downtown of uh, Capitol Boulevard in Boise was, you know, a pickup truck with two dead deer hanging out the back of it with blood dripping down Capitol Boulevard, you know, at, you know, and we're vegetarians. I'm like, mom, really, really? This is, this yeah. is our new things, really? Um, and really feeling like uh, I was not, uh, this is not peeps, right? This is, right. yeah. So it definitely set me apart from the other kids and I'm an only child and raised by adults so mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a little bit socially awkward as a kid yeah so I was pretty lonely um I was an extremely lonely child um and so I think making things and dreaming and you know I was I was always fantasying playing on my own and um so that was that was my my lifestyle pretty much when I was grown up I would say I I grew up um my mom was a a single parent and it was just her and me until like my early teenage years and so I totally vibe with the awkwardness like I could have conversations with adults I could not have conversations with with kids my own age and to be quite frank I found most of the kids my own age like immature um because I mean besides being a single (laughs) single parent um we were you know pretty poor um and so like I had a lot of responsibilities um you know I was cooking at a young age and just like cleaning the whole house you know just things that like maybe like my kids who are around that same age now like they sure as heck don't have the same responsibilities that I had then um you know so it's it, it puts you in a different space and I think similarly i went inward then which meant like creativity wise like I always wanted to make uh with whatever was around me just because that's like self-expression um and you know you can do that on your own you don't have to have like other people there (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, I think that's you know you make up your your what's going to make you feel good about who you are when you're by yourself all the time yeah totally true I get that Um, and yeah, it it was a different time back then as it, you know, there's, there was a lot more to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) household and stuff and cooking and cleaning. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot different, but that is true. I mean, as far as, um, me, I I wasn't ever encouraged in any of that stuff, but I, I just remember really excited to, to, to make something to be able to give away or to have on the wall. It was a real Mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment. And, and everything I did, I always wanted to up it, you know, like I can do that better, like than that one. Um, Yeah, that's weaving. But what if I do different types of yarn and add some beads in that? You know, (laughs) I remember my, uh, I, I mean, back then in granted Boise was, was challenging for me, but I went to a junior high that had wood shop you know and they let us work with tools and melt plastic and use the saws and yeah it was so awesome and I'm you know they wanted to make a planner to hold a pot you know like for mother for whatever mother's day and 
like, well, can I put a mirror in it? You know, is there a way to, you know, mm-hmm. route out a, a, a back for a mirror? You know, I'm, I'm 12. And right. so I remember those kind of experiences. I, yeah, the project is that, but I'd really like to, I'd like to do it a, a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that, and every material I got to work with clay and it, that was the same thing. If I was going to make, <laughs> I was going to make a chimney, I was going to make every single brick separate and then put it on. I wasn't going to just use the, you know, the needle tool and just carve it out. I right. was going to make every single one, you know, I was that kind of crazy 12. 12 well, years. yeah, I totally, I was right there with you. I remember, <laughs> I remember um, gosh, it would have been eighth grade and we had just moved to a new town, which FYI, middle of middle school is not when you move uh, right. <laughs> to a new town. And so uh, I remember art class and we did like a clay project and it was coming up for Christmas. And again, because we were, we didn't have a lot, a ton of money. Like I grew up making, like we, my mom would make my presents and, you know, I would make presents for her. And so everyone else was doing something super simple with clay. I made an entire Christmas village. I made like the store, like town hall, like houses. And I mean, yeah, I built, I mean, it was like, they were super intricate and like my mom still has that set, you know? Um, and I made sure you could like, there was a hole in the bottom so we could put string of lights, you know, you could put the light in each uh, individual building, um, like all of that, which is just like, yeah, all the other kids are like, what are you doing? Like, I was like asking to stay after school so I could keep working on my project. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That was yeah. me as a kid. Yeah. yeah. It made no logical sense as to why yeah. we needed to work this hard. Yeah. But, you know, you just you had an idea and you just, right. you know, it had to be this. Yeah. Absolutely. It's awesome. Hey makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. So that's, that's the maker beginnings, you know, exactly. being a fanatic about, you know, doing it just so and bigger and yeah, but what it's about, exciting. Yeah. What about as you, you know, got older, like your, your teenage years, your early twenties, what, what were you doing, you know, during those years? Um, well, I always, you know, I was doing art classes in high school and, um, never, again, never really encouraged. It was, it wasn't like I stood out in any of the projects or anything. I didn't get up in the art show, let's say. Um, but, uh, I did, so I I wasn't particularly promising in, in art, but I was, I really liked theater. So I did a lot of 
uh, plays in high school, obviously mm -hmm. a gift for gab. So I, <laughs> you know, I, I liked being on stage. I was scared to death of it too. So it, it really challenged me. And what primarily was so interesting that you asked that question because um, I work in a very male dominated field, you know, I'm mm -hmm. a welder, which is unlike somebody that's five one that, you know, yeah. tries to be pretty all the time. Um, so my, in my uh, drama teacher, she was just so awe-inspiring um, and she would come to work with her jeans on and all the tool belt and she would be building these stage sets for yeah. our plays and it was I just never seen a woman that like that and 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 in that element she was just I mean I was just like a deer caught in headlights she was just mm -hmm. wow she was good at it and she was fiery and, and beautiful woman. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I just kept doing theater, uh, because of her, I think, um, mm -hmm. I just was really inspired by her as a, as a real strong female. Did you um, get into the like set building and stuff like that? Yeah, we did a lot of that painting. I mean, you were high school, yep. you know, did it yep. all right. Yep. Um, and so when I went when I went to college, I, I continued theater minor, and and I got a um, an undergraduate degree in in uh, fine art, and that's where I kind of got into sculpture and more of a clay, because <laughs> the the painting they didn't really think I was that good at painting. Yeah, <laughs> so much. Not yeah. such a good painter. And that's you know, and so and I tried it all. I mean, I would definitely say throughout my undergrad and high school, I just tried every medium I could get my hands on. You know, I was, wasn't particularly good at any of them, but I was, I was curious. I, I definitely couldn't stop learning. You know, it was almost like I just, I was trying to find the passion. Like I'd see these, my teachers, they'd be just so passionate about painting or graphic arts. And I was like, you know, I just can't see being that good at it and doing it all day and making a living. Yeah. yeah. No, I just wasn't, nothing really grabbed me. Um, did you do so sculpture? Did you do 3D sculpture at all when you were at college? Like, did you have to take um, any of those um, courses? Yeah, we did. Um, I did mostly with pottery and okay. undergrad, but where I, you know, it's funny is so after Lewis and Clark College in Portland, that's where I did my undergrad, I was lost. Like, there was no guidance. Um, I think it was a real tragedy for these colleges that pretty much set up artists to be failures right out of the gate because they had like no business class, nope. you know, <laughs> I got no, no idea, um, no counseling, no help you buy, you know, get a job. Right. I mean, I was really like devastated after I just spent all this money to go to school and came out with like, I'm going to go back home. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go lay on my mom's couch, right? So I, my mom was really concerned. She's like, wow, she just went to four years of school and she's come back to, <laughs> you know, on my dime. Yay. Uh, not a golden moment for her, I'm sure. So I took an interest test at Boise State University. That's how bad it is when you like actually got to go take an interest test or what am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> and, um, and it said, <laughs> first one was florist, which I was literally like, you know, really? <laughs> can't be a florist like I don't even know what if different flowers are like how did that come out of number one so the next number two was art teacher so of course you know I'm like okay but I did not have a very high opinion of teachers in general I was like yeah they're not respected underpaid mm -hmm. work too hard and yeah it just didn't interest me 
but I did it anyway because it was you know, number two on the list. So, <laughs> I was like, well, let's see if I can get off my mom's couch and That's right. you know, maybe get a job. <laughs> well, I was I was like doing framing art and stuff. And yeah. It was good, but it, you know, it's retail. So. so yeah, I went and I and I killed it. I actually, you know, I would say I got a 4.0 at Boise State and um this is the, this would be a life moment why in the road that I, I met two of the most incredible instructors and they have new men, surprising, um, <laughs> that, uh, that totally changed my life. But it, you know, I, I credit John Killmaster is um, turning me on to glass enameling. He didn't intend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but he did that. And then in welding, I took a sculpture classes to, to the, part of your question um I took a I took a sculpture class and we did the casting which was horrible <laughs> and I mean I had sprues and all that and it yep, could, yep. it could fail after you know two weeks of working on it super <laughs> awful. you know I like to be forgiven for my mistakes yeah, yeah. that's not giving <laughs> art at all <laughs> with this so this we had an oxycetylene uh and I'm, I probably was what, 24, so 23 at this time. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, whoa, you can melt metal and this is cool. And yeah, and plasma cut and cut metal like butter and stuff. But he wouldn't let us use the plasma cutter, but you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe if I begged him. But he, you know, he told me that I couldn't do something that I wanted to do. And it was certain kind of bends and he was mm -hmm. probably just saving me from myself like that <laughs> earlier conversation of Delia this is this is this is way too much you, yes. you got to tear it down <laughs> you can't do this we have three projects you never and you have you know 14 other credits right, right. I'm like no no I want this I want this I want to do this and but I took it as Delia you're a girl and you're not you know you're not good enough you couldn't weld this and you couldn't bend this and it's not not going to happen and I was like just tell me no, right? <laughs> you tell me no. And I, so I spent a hundred hours on this project, this welding project for this one class. And uh, I, you know, I, I loved it and I killed it. Not one pit in oxycetylene steel welding. And it was, it wasn't even, I think it was 18 gauge at the time, but uh, you know, and I, that's just, that's just how I am. And mm -hmm. I brought that sucker in and 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 uh, he was like yep mm -hmm, she did it <laughs> and everybody knew it was like it was my mission yes so i could like, do those bins that's right that, that, that sculpture and and uh and i still have it i won't sell it it's one of those things where i've sold anything to make a living but that that one sculpture i won't sell so that's a good question because that really set the pace but i didn't get back to enameling or sculpting until i was um 32, 32, I think. Okay. That age. Yeah. I didn't sell you spent, work until you 32. spent time teaching. Then you I got a job. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Stability, paycheck. Summer's so, off. So fun fact, I don't know if they did this with you guys in junior high, but in junior high, we had to like take those interest tests to see like oh, did you? What, what we should go into. And my number one was florist as well. And I was like, no. oh, what? why? <laughs> They just don't know what to do with us. They're like, no. oh, these people are so weird. 
birds. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe floral. You know, are you arranging? Would you? I, mean, I hate to say that because for I mean, now I yes. see florists as like holy moly, that right. stuff's important, right? But for me, it was like kind of you know upsetting. I it was upsetting to me as well. I mean, I <laughs> oh. I grew up with. I mean, my mom has a black thumb. There was no living thing in our house. You know, it was like she could not keep anything alive. I had no desire or really interest in plants, and I still don't. But my, like my wife does, right? So she's all into like every year it's like $500 worth of like flowers that only last the summer. And I'm like, why? I don't understand it. <laughs> um, I mean, I tell her when she retires, she should go become a florist because I think she actually would really enjoy it working around plants and stuff all the time. But I just don't, I'm like, I don't, it just, Mm -mm. Yeah. I have to have a green thumb for that one you know yeah. <laughs> I don't know I have a memory for all the different kind of flowers and what they mean and, and how they I mean but I mean now they've taken it to a whole new level yes. of art yes. right yes they're, they're blowing it out of the water with this floral thing but I just yeah yeah it still would interest me to yeah. spend a minute doing it <laughs> it's like buy it from Albertsons and just cut it real quick and stick yep. it in the exactly like, exactly yeah. <laughs> And it's like 20 bucks. You know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. about the fan and my attention for that, but yes. that's so funny. Florist. That's hysterical. Yes. So yeah. you, okay. So you were teaching, I think you said 12 years you taught. Yeah. Yeah. I taught okay. 12 years junior high. Did you, um, I'm sorry. Junior. I know. <laughs> junior high <laughs> kids. Junior high. Yeah, <laughs> dark strange teachers. Yes. <laughs> I looked like one of them when I started, so that helped, you know. Helped, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was. I mean, that's what I ran away from. I was. I was started college to become an industrial tech teacher, oh, which are still like very badly needed. Um, oh, but I like. I was like, um, most of my classes will be filled with teenage boys. And I will only be like two years older than them when I graduate from college. And I just, I just <laughs> see a lot of respect coming my way from those teenage boys. And I don't like teenagers. So I decided to. Yeah, that's not good mix. So. Yeah, I decided not to go into teaching. That lasted all of a semester. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Yes. I'm out. This is not for me. But did you, were you teaching enameling and welding? Did you start that like while you were teaching at junior high or that came later? That came later. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it gave me five different classes out of six to teach a day and I did yearbook on top of that. So it was busy. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't really, you know, I didn't dabble a whole lot in my own interests when I taught for a long time. I mean, I did the projects for them to get ready and, right. uh, and teach myself how to teach what they were going to learn. And, right. and, and it was great. And I, I would probably, I would, I would retire in, in teaching um, art to junior high because I absolutely loved it. I loved that age group. It, I got to inspire young kids. It was extremely rewarding. Plus I got to play with all these different materials. Um, yeah. I taught photography. We had a great dark room. You know, I had, I, I had computers. I mean, it was, I really um, had like the best position 
in the district as an art teacher. And mm -hmm. to leave that was, um, was, was tough. But to, to your question, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> what prompted me to just even get back into making art um, was that I, I hadn't finished my master's degree. Oh. I got a 4.0 and all of the coursework, but I got a job right out of out of uh, BSU and didn't get to finish my master's and my actual thesis. And it was massive, you know, I mean, I, I literally, I think I gave you seven years and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh has it been that long already? Oh my God. And so I begged for a year uh, extension and I, I, you know, I, I gave uh, John Kilmaster a call and said, hey man, I kind of need to finish my degree and get paid more too, because that's how mm -hmm. they pay the district. And, um, and can I come out and get a, a refresh on that one project I did with you in enameling? He's like, yeah, come on out. So I went <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, John, I, I just kind of need to do this. And so I decided through meeting him and seeing his studio and got really inspired again by the enameling and the welding. And he had a little, a little piece from another artist um, and it was welded enamel. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got to do this for my thesis. So I decided to um, teach two of my students, my advanced students enameling, and I wrote a curriculum around mm -hmm. teaching enameling to them. And then I did 20 pieces for the show and it did take me, and then I wrote a hundred page book on it and it was a year. And yeah. I almost had nervous breakdown because you're, you know, you're the teacher and I yeah. start wondering because you're just too stressed out <laughs> and I couldn't get the enameling to work. I mean, I was terrible at it. It was just so hard. I didn't know anything about reading books. I went to like Boise public library and you know, this was before internet. Hey, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's remember that people, there were some, you know, older yes, ones. Yes. Yeah. Five cents a copy. Right. And I yep. did every 1960s book on enameling and I just tried it and it was terrible. And then finally I was like, okay, I don't know how I can teach this to my kids if I'm really this terrible. But they were in it to win it with me. And so my <laughs> kids actually, they got to, they got to uh, exhibit with me at my very first show in uh, awesome. 2004 and they got offers on their on their work and this is my first show and so that's I'm 34 I believe or 33 somewhere around there and and I you know I was so proud to have them there and um I sold out the show I sold uh, out of the 20 pieces we sold uh I sold 16 I believe 15 that night I hadn't sold a piece of work in my entire life. So it encouraged me to start teaching this incredible art to my students because they love doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I got a kiln in the school. I, I got the ventilation. It took forever, you know, all of the bureaucracy yep. around teaching something like this. Um, and um, yeah, it totally changed the, the teaching. And then, then the welding started happening. And so it was awesome, I think, for my kids to see that, um, yeah, the, a teacher can, you know, do something outside right. of it. Yeah, right? Like, she's not just speaking the speak, man. She's actually going and, and doing it. Because, you know, I'm always up there like, live your dream, kids. You know, <laughs> you can you can do it. Don't sell your soul to the, you know, the man. Right. You know, and here I am not doing it. You know, and it's been like, it's been like 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, finally, their teacher is not just, just garbling. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, it was probably it was the biggest moment in my, in my life. It was a huge why in the road for me. Um, my very first show. Yeah. At, Amazing. At, yeah, yeah. In 2004. So yeah, that was,
was it. I mean, my, I saw, I told work actually me like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like two grand or something. And I was like, oh my God, you can make money at art. Is this a real thing? Can you really? People will pay money for your artwork. Yeah. So I go in the bathroom, my mom, and I'm like jumping up and down. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to actually get a check. <laughs> this is awesome. And, and I literally don't know what I'm doing. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, I didn't know that though. Yeah. That's so professional. Really? No, yeah. I think I think that every time I sell something that I make, like to myself, if they only knew how little I actually knew about doing that thing that they had me make for them. Uh, I mean, and I've been doing it now, you know, I'm in woodworking and stuff seriously for like nine years now, but there's still awesome. there's always something that you don't know how to do um when oh, it's like yeah. a custom project you know it's, it's like that's why you take them right so you can learn something like <laughs> exactly. you can't get paid to learn man that what better right. job is this <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. woodworking yeah give give it to you i mean i can do woodworking, man I, I like my fingers you know well <laughs> i mean i do a different kind of woodworking i do probably something that falls more in your vein of this i do power carving so mine's all sculptural um, and freeform. I'm like you. I need, I can't have anything rigid. I need something where if I chop something off, nobody else knows that that was supposed to be there but me. <laughs> like, yes. yes. It's just going to re, you know, the new path. You know, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I always say, hey, it makes me, it actually, it helps inform me and to be a better artist because I would have never seen that had I not just screwed it up. That's right. <laughs> that's that's when the quote unquote the wood was speaking to me and wanted something yes. completely different. <laughs> that's what I say about enamel. I'm like, God, it just oh, it just helps me so much. <laughs> Looks like I really am good at this, you know. Just so oh, I mean to be really awesome. I've had uh, let me think. I may have only had one enameler on. Oh, um, you did, yeah. I don't know. Um Emily, that? Emily Joyce. Um she's uh she does she does smaller work but her stuff is like amazing um but I had her on and that's really when I kind of learned about the process of enameling and like it's almost it's almost a dying art um like not a lot of people do it um but and and I know her talking about like just to get 10 of something she's like I have to do 50 of it just to get 10 to come out <laughs> you yes. know the yes. way that I want it to and she's doing small scale craft. yeah so yeah. you're doing large scale like you can't make 20 of something that's huge so no. <laughs> how, are you, <laughs> I wish. how are you working through that um is it just like time repetitive like well I just I mean I like big I I, I don't know I think it's I once again I think it's probably just because I I I like to be noticed um, <laughs> and, uh, I like, and I like the, the craft to be noticed, the, the art, the enameling to be noticed because I think it's missed and I, and I don't want to go away. And I, and that's one of the reasons I teach is so that there's more people that know about the medium and that it will, it, it will survive and it yeah. will thrive and, and that there is more than just cloisonne, you know, th there's a huge, there's so much unexplored with the medium, which is surprising. Right. Yeah. And so, Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part 
by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code maker mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, the welding, you know, I, who would have figured uh, me wanting to make enamels bigger and more three-dimensional would, would completely almost overwhelm the desire to enamel because now I want to weld so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and TIG welding copper is just so beautiful. And, and uh, it just, uh, it's just, yeah. So I, I'm never going to get enough of that. And I do a lot of production work, but in, um, for small scale jewelry, I mean, I have a, I have a brick and mortar and I have to pay the bills. So uh, I have employees. So I have sold myself to the, uh, I have hoard myself out, uh, so to speak, to, you know, to make money in Boise, Idaho uh, is not easy as an artist here. So I do a lot of, we do a lot of small production work, but I am, it's what by, right, it just really yeah. gets me is doing large scale commission work. And um, in fact, I just finished the biggest one of my life. That's why, unfortunately, I had to put off this yeah. um, podcast for a while because I was just, I kind of underestimated the time commitment. Not that anybody ever does that. <laughs> totally underestimated it. We just spent um, between my my girls and me. We we put in all just about three thousand hours in creating this sculpture for this restaurant in downtown Boise. It's insanity. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and it was the hardest welding I've ever done because uh, it had to be installed in in the restaurant, then taken apart and come back to the shop. And it's an enormous uh, uh, Day of the Dead tree. Oh, skeletons crawling all over it with, you know, that are enameled and these mm -hmm. are 30 inch skeletons. So 3D printing, you know, uh, my husband's amazing uh, brainiac and he figured out 3D printing for me and I have plating tanks. So the way that I've done being able to do production and do things over and over and large scale is that I recycle my copper off of my welding through my plating tanks. I came across this technology maybe at a workshop, an enamelist society workshop, and uh, changed my business, changed, changed the realm of what was possible for me. Because to weld a bird, a realistic bird, yeah. is I can do it, but I don't have time. You don't make any money doing that. Mm -hmm. But if I can plate um, a model or clay or 3D printed item, then that's a game changer. Then I can burn it out and then I can weld it. So that changed up the way that I could make more money and have and learn more and produce a variety of different things. So I'm not, I'm not pigeon toed to, you know, I got to make this kind of art. Yeah. I, do, I get, I get to just, I get to play a lot. That's, so the plating has been a, has been huge. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm familiar with plating from my, my job job puts me in manufacturing spaces. And so, oh, yeah. um, you know, I see, all kinds of plating in those spaces. Um, 
And so that's like an awesome idea, like the 3D printing and being able to plate it. And because I've that's been my problem as far as like making money as, you know, an, I call myself more of an artist than a woodworker um, because I can't get it to a production route. So everything is one of a kind. Right. And then you have to find the clientele to pay the price for that one of a kind. Um, right. <clears throat> and they don't grow on trees, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I've, I've played around where I've like, you know, carved something out of wood and then I'll make a mold and then resin fill it, fill the mold so I can be like reproducing those pieces over and over and over again without having to put as much work into it. Um, but there's just yeah um right now my my fingers are crossed to get a CN, a wood cnc so that i can do some more like reproductive uh type of work um yeah i mean that's that that is the hardest part i mean to you know to be faster and also to to save money i mean honestly i work in one of the most expensive mediums in the world, right? besides bronze, I think we're number two on yeah. the cost ratio. Um, and so, how do you how do you make a living doing it and 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 be faster, but still keep your craft, uh, your your craftsmanship, uh, your uniqueness? Uh, it's almost impossible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a that's a that's a tough thing to do, and to make money at it, and to find happiness in being a production artist because production is. It's great for paying the bills, but sometimes it's it's a tough. She's a yeah. tough uh, little little woman on your side. You don't want to, you know, you get pigeoned into this thing where you have to make things for people um, mm -hmm. over and over again because it's what you know and and you make money at it. But it can be uh, stifling in yeah. the creative process. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, there was. There was a time period I, I only did like the um, like the art market circuit for a very limited amount of time. After about the fifth time of moving a huge ass piece of furniture, I'm like, no, <laughs> not doing any more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I would make sure I had like small stuff, too, so that people could still walk away with something that I that I touched. And so I would do, <clears throat> you know wood wooden coasters but i would dye them because that's my other thing i like to dye wood different odd colors like bright pink and purple and stuff like that so i would do that with coasters and i don't know it was probably like eight coaster sets and i'm like what the fuck was i thinking like <laughs> i don't want to see another just plain square piece of wood right. that i have to sand still <laughs> ever <Yeah>. again <laughs> i just and I have it. Like basically the last Christmas season that I did art wow. shows, I was like, nope, I'm not making a single coaster ever again. It's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm now considered the bird lady because I, you know, I, I sell 500 birds a year, you know, it's like, <laughs> they're really cute. And I love, I do love making them. But at some point I'm like, you know, I kind of, you know, I've done it. Mm -hmm. You've done it. You're good at it. You're not going to get any better at it. You know, learned it. Yep. Um, you know, so that is, it's tricky. It's, tr and then, and then people are disappointed that you don't sell the, you know, they don't sell it anymore, you know, and then they're right. like, well, I'm not coming back. She didn't sell those coasters anymore, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's hard to switch, you know, gears. Yeah. They, you know, you are kind of put in a position where this is expected as an, as yeah. an artist. Um, yeah, I just, I like making all sorts of different things. And I, I, I'm never going to probably be satisfied with making the same thing ever. I, I like to challenge myself and I like to learn. I think that's a big part about being an artist and being a successful artist is that you are able to continue educating yes. yourself and learning and growing and meeting new people, getting new ideas, inspiring. So I think, um, yeah, it would be a disservice if you did those coasters anymore. So yes. that's good. You're <laughs> I mean, I think, I, yeah, exactly to your point, like, I would be disappointed in myself if the work that I was creating today was the same work I was creating nine years ago when I started, like, yeah. or the same with any artist I look at, right? It's like, you want to see their work grow and, and move and continue and because life isn't stagnant. So why should the art be stagnant? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I always look at it too, as like, oh, okay, if I'm on my deathbed, am I going to have some regrets? You know, what <laughs> regrets going to be that I was bird lady for 20 years? You know, I mean, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I would have a regret that I didn't, you know, that I didn't do the big works, you mm -hmm. know, that I, that I want to do and, and that I didn't dream enough. The yeah. dreaming is just so important. And, and I, when I don't get to dream and have time to just make art for art's sake and just, I mean, I love the time when I didn't have to worry about making money on, on the work that I was making and that I could, I could spend, you know, a thousand dollars on some, on some copper yeah. and just go beat the hell out of it and enamel it and whatever I wanted to do with it with no expectation right. that it had to be gallery driven or, yeah. you know, or sellable. And, and that is where, you know, I'm, I struggle with that a lot, especially with, with the retail, um, because do you, do you give yourself that time now? Like, <sighs> <laughs> that's my, I guess that's where I'm at now. I turned 50 and I just did the biggest piece, um, of my career. And I'm most that I'm, that I, you know, I'm like, now what I want to do, you know, and I guess that's where I'm at. I have this beautiful gallery that I opened a year ago that I'm, I just, I far surpassed my life goals as an artist. Mm -hmm. Like I never even thought I would sell art to now. To, to, I'm really like, wow, I have, I, I don't have any more big lofty goals. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done it. I prove, I don't have any more to prove. It's really what it is. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> to prove to anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. I've already done it. I've already, I've already. So when you get to that level, you're like, okay, well, how do we want to make the, the rest of the, uh, the next half, yeah. how do you want that next half to be? Well, I have a four-year-old daughter too, you know, so um, that she comes in the mix a bit on yeah. that one. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, so I think this is going to be a new era for me where I might, um, I might be changing it up a bit and giving mm -hmm. myself some time now to uh, bring back the dreaming and the, and the art that got me here because mm -hmm. that art that I did when I didn't have to make money is really what got me to this place right now. It wasn't the birds. Yeah. The birds didn't pay for this. Is that where though a little bit <clears throat> having staff, does some of like, does that give you some room? Can they do some of that production work and still allow you to maybe push the creative envelope a little bit? Well, you would think, right? So <laughs> 
I, you know, there's always a double-edged sword with employees. And uh, unfortunately, my, I do have a production assistant that has been with me for five years and she's amazing. And we've gone, we've, we've had a journey together. We've had this incredible journey and she didn't even know what enameling was, you know, when mm-hmm. she kind of came to me and now she's like a rock star enamelist <laughs> and, and she's just, she's just so great. And she's leaving me for a man, you know, she's in love and got to move away, you know, got to try her new adventure. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, and I've had a lot of employees. I've had a lot of turnover. It's hard to afford them. It's hard to keep them happy. And they're always mm-hmm. ladies that, you know, want to go back to school or have babies and fall in love, whatever. I get mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm always left behind and then picking up the pieces when they leave me. And so it has been really tough um, because I have to train them. It's not like anybody knows how to enamel or take mm-hmm. well for that matter. And so it caused me to the management time managing people um, actually becomes 50 to 60% of your time in the back end and the taxes and the payroll and the, I mean, it's just, wow. And, mm-hmm. and so then you're, then you're doing your production and then you have maybe 10% of your time to yeah. do your thing. And then, you know, and then you get, you get started on it. And then a month later, you're still not finished with yep. it. And, it, and you walk by it every day and like, hey, I, yeah, I got to get to that. Got to do that, yep. I think I got that in my head that I'm going to yep. finish. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I just, you know, so, so now I'm like, I, that, I just don't want it to be like that anymore. I, I really just don't want to keep passing up those wonderful pieces I'd like to finish. I have stacks of them. Like, I think they must think I'm crazy person because it's like, if you just send a day, you could probably finish half that stuff that's on the shelf. But it's like, but you got to be in the right mental yep. place and yep. you've got to be inspired and you have to have, you have to have time and, and you have to have people leave you alone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the key. <laughs> be alone and not have a question. Yes. You know, every so it's, uh, I found it to be uh, just, it's just, uh, yeah, you just tugged and pulled everywhere when you have a brick and mortar and you have all these people that oh, yeah. you just lovely. And, and I, I'm, I've always felt so honored that I have had people want to work for me and are inspired by what I do and, um, and have helped me get this far in my life because honestly, it takes a village to raise mm-hmm. an artist. Yes. <laughs> a lot of work by everybody, especially your family, your husband. And, um, and so, yeah, I, but now I'm like, yeah, okay. I know that route. I've learned that. I've learned mm-hmm. it. I know I've, this is the path I've been on for a while now. And I, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we need to think about how to be an artist in a different way mm-hmm. so that I can, I can, you know, live up to the name that's on this gallery. <laughs> I actually have some new some shit out there in that yeah. gallery. <laughs> Not just not just lots of birds and pretty Idaho right. pendant necklaces, which right. sell very well. I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm watching the time and we're like right at the end and I would love to continue but I have another interview right after you. So oh, you're awesome. What a great interviewer you are. You have the gift <laughs> to this. You got me talking and relaxed. I was all nervous. And that was really fun to, and to hear your story too. It's really, it's, this is the most unique interview I've ever had. It was really good, fun. good. I'll take that as a full on compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, it was actually fun. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> 
Um, I well, do we're talking like, about yourself. When is that not fun? I know, right? I know. I, know. Um, <laughs> I do want to give you a chance to let people know though where they should uh, find you and see your work and stuff. Um, I am online. Um, we have a full you know website with the shopping extravaganza for your. <laughs> Uh, it's on, it's, you can get me by Fire Fusion Studio or Delia Dante Gallery. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, just look me up. We're on Instagram as well. I guess that's how you found me, which is cool. Yes. <laughs> Girls do that for me because, you know. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. They're teaching me. There it's you go. Slow, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, please look me up. And if you're in Boise, come take a class or come if you're ever traveling this way, we sure would be nice to meet you in person. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, teach, teach me some wood stuff because I have no game. <laughs> I know how to burn it and cut it on the hey, saw. That works too. You know, <laughs> playing with fire is always fun. Oh. <laughs> always. Well, thank you for chatting with me today. Thanks for, I'm so honored that you, uh, that you asked. Thank you so much. All right. So again, that was Delia Dante, and I will include the links on how you can find her and follow along with all the amazing work she's creating in the show notes for today's episode. So where can you find those show notes? Well, you can find it in the description on your podcast app. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find it in the description box down below. Or you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast, and you can find this week's episode along with all the previous episodes and all their links. So I certainly hope you go do that. Go follow along with Delia as long as, as well as all the other guests that have been on. Um, you can also follow along with the podcast over on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution and find all the links to watch and listen and all the goodies over there. If you like today's episode, please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, give five-star review, especially on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcast. That is greatly appreciated and helps make it more likely for others to find the podcast as well. When I am not making podcast episodes, you can find me a uh, designing and making power carving furniture and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much across all social media, active on a daily basis over on Instagram. So come on by at Freeman Furnishings and say hi. And I wanted to let you guys know, so it's Friday uh, and I forgot to mention it on Wednesday's uh, episode. So hopefully... I can be forgiven. Um, but next week, I am pretty much out all week for travel for work. And so there's not going to be any new episodes coming out. But this is episode 205. So if you're new, then you can get caught up in a week, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you binge it. I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough hours, actually, if you binge it, uh, even if you stay up 24 hours. Anyways, plenty of episodes to choose from. If you've been listening for a long time, there's still plenty of episodes like go back and listen to some of your favorite makers. Um, and I will be back the week of the 25th with two brand new episodes. So just taking the one week off uh, a little bit of interference with some job, job travel, but you will all be in my thoughts. I promise. All right. So it's Friday. I hope you have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, I will see you the week of the 25th as always. Let's go craft a revolution. Thank you.
Shit. Oh.